Amen. So I thought we would start this morning with um, some literary analysis. Doesn't that sound like fun? I figured the kids have off school on Monday, so I thought we'd start there, and so I brought a marker. Really, I'm doing this just because I've always wanted to use this size marker. And I'm not so sure it was a good idea because the aroma coming from it is a little bit toxic. So I'm no longer responsible for anything I say from here on out. Wow, that's powerful. I want you to think of, of this and, uh, as, as a, we're, we're going to talk about plot. I promise you this will be interesting. So for instance, a plot of a story, right? And so here's the plot of a story of a boy falling in a hole. He's going along and he falls in a hole. And what happens? He gets out of the hole and he continues on, right? See that plot line? Makes sense, right? Another story. Cinderella, you know that story? What happens with Cinderella? She's kind of low, right? Right? And she's annoyed and, and, and mistreated, right? And then she meets somebody, of, of, right? And then kind of starts, good things start happening. She gets to go to the ball and it's great and then it plummets down. And then what happens? She goes back up, right? Or, and maybe this is your story, right? A romance, a Hallmark Christmas story, right? Right? There's a, a lady, right? And she's doing okay. And then she meets somebody. Oh, yeah, you see it? Oh, and then he breaks her heart. Oh. And then what happens? Redemption, right? Do you see the plot story? Right? Do you see the plot lines? Right? You can do this with movies. You can do this with all kinds of things. It's just a, a fun way to understand things. Oh, I didn't mean to clip that all the way there. Actually, I did. Look at this. Oh, efficiency. Look at that. Ta-da. So what's the story in Scripture that we have, right? Think about Moses. Who was Moses? Moses was born here. And then what happened? He was in the house. And then he was there, and he went low, didn't he? And then God got a hold of him, right? And he redeemed it. He set the Israelites free with God's help. They were in the desert, and then he saw the promised land, right? Or how about Joseph, right? Joseph, right? He was the favored son. And then his brothers got mad, and they killed him, almost, in his dad's eyes, right? And they sold him to slavery, and he went to prison. And he got out of prison. And then he went back in prison. And then he became Pharaoh's right hand, right? Do you see this story? Do you see this story? Last week we talked about Jesus from Philippians 2, right? I think Jesus gets his own sheet. Right? It says Jesus was, was, was at the very top, right? Son of God. And then he emptied himself, became obedient even to the point of death. What do we say about Jesus? Where did he go? All the way down, right? So that what happens next? God would raise him up. Right? The plot line. What's your story? What's the plot line of your life? Maybe you start down here. Maybe up here. Pick your spot. It, it doesn't matter. If you haven't 
notice this already in your life. There's going to be a downward trajectory at some point. And there are people, and I know some people, that, man, it seems like their trajectory in life was just this. You know those folks? Are you one of those folks? Can I give you a word of hope? You know what today's gospel is? Because of Jesus, every story ends there. Amen? This is God's story. Each of us, in in, in all of our, our plots of our lives, have all kinds of ups and downs. All kinds of, of highs and lows, all kinds of, of beautiful stories of redemption and, 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 and tragic stories of defeat. We, we all experience these in, in so many different ways. But the hope that Paul lays out for us today, because of Jesus, you're ending up there. Amen? I could probably end the sermon here, but you know me better than that, right? <laughs> Put that away. I think it's potent. <laughs> Woo. I, I love the, the story of Philippians, right? Where, where we started last week with, with the story of Christmas, right? We talked, we celebrated Christmas last week to some degree, and the, the story of who Jesus is as he empties himself, as he, he, he becomes obedient to the point of death. He doesn't use his power and his privilege as something to be exploited, but he empties himself. He he loses it all purposefully for you so that God would lift him up to exalt it. That there will be a day when every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he is the Lord. This is his story. And today, we, Paul, Paul gives us kind of the same plot, but he does it with his own story, right? I'll read this section again, and, and we'll unpack it a little bit, because Paul is saying, like, you, you think you're good? I, I've got every credential in the book, right? Pa- Paul is giving his resume to us, and his resume is, well, he's hireable, <laughs> Right? It's perfect. Everything he is, everything he does is worthy in the trajectory of the faith of the Old Testament, right? says this, says, uh, you think you're confident in what you can do? Listen to what I can do. Listen to what I've done. I was circumcised on the eighth day. That was the day to be circumcised. That means that he, there, there was never a time when he wasn't a part of the Hebrew faith. I've been here since the beginning, right? I'm, I'm a part of Israel, but I'm not just a part of the Israelites. I'm a part of the tribe of Benjamin, which is, you know, top tier, Right? My roots run deep is what he's saying. I've got good DNA in my bones because I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Right? A Hebrew of Hebrews. What that means is he, he, 
he, he wouldn't, like Zip said earlier, he wouldn't be celebrating National Taco Day. He's a Hebrew. He doesn't let those Greek influences in. There were, that was a lot of what was going on in, in Israel in those days was there were people that were really excited about being Israelites, but then there were others who were glad to be Israelites, but the ways of the world and the culture around them had started to influence them. He's saying, I, I push back against all those other influences. I'm staying a pure blood. This is what Paul is saying, Right? As to the law of Pharisee, right? We, we think of the Pharisees most of the time in, in relationship to Jesus. And Jesus and the Pharisees were always butting, butting heads. But the reality of the day is that, that the Pharisees were, they were the faithful ones. They were the ones that held the law and the word of God as important and valuable. More so than the Sadducees. More so than, the, than all the other sects or all the other parts of, of the religious life. The Pharisees were, well, they were, they were the real deal. I'm one of them, Paul says, right? As to zeal, as to passion, I was so passionate about my faith, I persecuted the church, right? Right, I I was all in. I lived out my convictions. That's what he's saying here. Are you getting this picture of the credentials of Paul? He was the real deal, the realest deal, right? Righteousness under the law, I was blameless. That's not saying he was perfect, but he was without blame. That means he, he did all the religious stuff really well. Right? Pe- people would have known who he was by how he lived, right? Right? There, there was a, I forget who said it. Oh, I, I don't like not giving um, credit, but somebody was asked, uh, are you a Christian? And, she, and his response was, well, ask my neighbors. That's, pr- that's pretty bold, isn't it? It's not what I say. It's how do I treat others, right? Paul, you could have asked his neighbors and they would have said, oh yeah, he is a man of the faith, right? Because of the way he lived, of how he lived, of how he treated others, of, of the passion with which he lived, right? Right? So so he checks every one of the boxes in who he is, right? To to go on the plot summary, like he's up here and he he steps up there. He's doing it on his own. He's he's embracing everything. He's living it out. And then in, in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different colorful language that we'll unpack, he says, none of it mounts to a hill of beans. I count it all as nothing. It's loss. Like looking at me, I've got it all. But Paul's telling us, all doesn't amount to Jack. It's Jesus. It's only Jesus that can do this. It's only Jesus that brings life. It's only Jesus that brings faith. It's only Jesus that brings hope. It's only Jesus that can lift you out of the hole. It's only Jesus. That's what Paul's saying. In fact, he he goes a little bit more. 
He goes a little bit deeper with his language. He says all of that criteria, all of that stuff that I do, all of it, not only do I count it as loss, not only do I discount it, not only does it not matter, I, I actually count it as rubbish. Ooh. Right? You know what rubbish is? Yeah, you know what rubbish is. It's what you don't want, right? I remember uh, many times, and if you've been at uh, a camp, maybe you've done this, but after the meal, there's somebody that's the scraper. You know what the scraper does? You collect all the plates with all the leftovers, all the junk that the people didn't want to eat, and you get a, a spatula and you scrape it into a bowl, and it is the grossest, nastiest pile. I mean, it's nasty, right? But the joy of the scraper is that you don't just do that for your table. Then you take all the leftovers, all the junk, all the the rubbish, and you take it to where the the kitchen is, and and you get the joy, the delight of compiling all the rubbish of the hundreds of kids in the room into one tub of delight. Have you seen this tub? Have you been to camp? Oh my gosh, it's the grossest thing on the face of the planet. Like cereal... It, it's, it's, it's not all that dissimilar, only it's time, a multiple of like a thousand of like the junk that when you hand wash your dishes in the strainer and it, right, it, gross, right? Are you with me? This is the rubbish, but that doesn't even get to the depths of what Paul is talking about here. He, he counts all of his credentials, all of his goodness, all the things that he does to help follow Jesus and all the, 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 the things that afford him the, the title of who he is, he counts it as that bin of nasty. But, but the reality is the word is even more colorful because, you know, your body does the same thing, right? When you eat, the digestion process is the process by where you get the good stuff out of your food. But your body can't use all the food, right? And, and so it gets rid of the rubbish. That, that's the word Paul uses. He counts it all as excrement. Dung. Scubula is the Greek word. And a better translation starts with S as well. This is what Paul counts it as. Everything good you do on your own is excrement. You can't do it yourself. Right? I love the sentiment behind one of the, the more American concepts that we have of picking you up by your bootstraps, right? You've heard that, you've experienced. I love the grit behind that phrase. That when somebody's down, they're going to pick themselves up by the bootstraps. And there's, there's grit there, there's part of the American spirit there, and I love it. The, the problem is it's hogwash. Hogwash. 
when it comes to redemption, when it comes to life, when it comes to even the, the, the effort you put in, in redeeming yourself and getting yourself back on your feet. You, you don't do it yourself. It's Jesus. There was Jesus. That's the power of who God is. That's the hope of what Jesus does. He's the one who comes and gives you life. He's the one who gets you out of the pit. He's the one who brings life and hope. The the reality of what Paul was talking about and who he was talking to is that there were people that were trying to express a sentiment that it's the gospel plus something that is your hope. The gospel is good, but you need the gospel and you need to be circumcised. That's what Paul was fighting against. In our world today, it's you need the gospel, you need Jesus, and you need to vote for the right candidate. You need Jesus and you need To believe the right things. You need Jesus and you need to support the right causes. You need Jesus and you need to have the right stance on whatever the hot button issue is of the day, right? Brothers and sisters, a gospel plus is no gospel at all. There's only one that raises you up. Only one. And he's the one who went down off the page for you. That's the gospel. That's the hope of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself in life, wherever you find yourself in the midst of of hardship and tragedy and family relationships and, and economic realities and and world stage events, wherever you find yourself facing life after the death of a loved one, where you find yourself in the midst of a battle for your lives and the lives of your loved ones, wherever you find yourself, the gospel of Jesus is this. You will be raised because of Jesus. I made a big deal about that stinky marker. You know what it says on it? Verified permanent. It doesn't rub away. It doesn't rub away. The reality is that oftentimes we get in the headspace of thinking that our sin is permanent. That our brokenness is permanent. That our our story and, and our tragedy and our decisions that failed us and failed our loved ones and failed the Lord, that that's permanent. And I'm here to tell you, there's one permanent line. And it was painted in the blood of Jesus. And it's the story of your redemption. 
Nothing you can do will make it more permanent. And nothing you do will make it less. All of it is loss to the surpassing power of Jesus who looks upon you and cries out, my child, come with me. This is Jesus. Even in the depths, even as you fall in the hole, the plot line of our Lord is he will get you out. Amen? In the name of Christ. Amen.